And so I have 15,000 followers on LinkedIn. Good Lord. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, and, and, Is that more than Bill Gates? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. If you have more links and more followers, you can connect more to some of those people who are important to get you either to the higher ups or directly in with the higher ups. We talk a lot about the importance of networking, but how do you really personalize that outreach so those professional relationships are authentic and long-lasting? Hi, this is Diana Burnell O'Leary, and welcome to another episode of Job Talk Weekly. Bill Hicks is a marketing manager from the Chicago suburbs. He has 15,000 contacts on LinkedIn. So we'll talk about how to tap that network using associations and making a personal connection with someone, say whether or not they're a Chicago Cubs fan or a White Sox fan. The answer should be Cubs, by the way. Let's jump in. We're talking with Bill Hicks, a marketing manager based in the Chicago suburbs. Hey, Bill, welcome to Job Talk Weekly. Thanks for having me, Diana. Tell us what happened this summer at your company. So I worked for a small, or I worked for a small manufacturing company in the suburbs of Chicago, and they, I've been working there for about a year, and when COVID hit, they're a manufacturing company. A lot of their products are sourced through China, so the first impact was we couldn't get the product to give to our manufacturer, to our sellers. What ended up happening was, was first we couldn't get the product, and then because they're office products, a lot of people weren't going into the office. Oh, yeah. So then they weren't selling the product, and now one of their other product lines is school products, and now people aren't going back to school. They got like a triple whammy there, and they just were not selling the product and the number of dollars that they had in the past. They're a very small company. They have about 50 people. They laid off like three people. Some of the major higher-ups, meaning owners, took pay cuts. So it, you can tell that it was a pretty large impact on the company. Yeah, and it sounds like they tried everything, but you must have had a feeling when this started, or did you? Because it's kind of hard to predict, right? At some point you think, well, this is the one hurdle. Then it's the second hurdle. And then, like you said, it's the triple whammy. What was really interesting was, yes, I had an idea. I've gone through a layoff before I'd been laid off from a large company that sold office products. And that was about five years ago. And so I kind of saw some of the telltale signs, but you know, you never know. So they were indicating they were not having the sales volume they were expecting. And I, I expected that, you know, I was one of the last people they'd hired in. And so a lot of times it's the last one in, first mm-hmm. one out. And I wasn't sure it was going to actually happen that way. But I also knew from the work I'd done that some of the work I did was not majorly impactful. So yeah, it's marketing. But unless you're bringing in big bucks on the marketing end, you're not as essential as say, a salesperson. Yeah. So what do you want to do next, Bill? I would like to stay in the marketing management field. I do marketing I do writing, I do editing. I also do the management of the products. So I'm, I'm kind of in a, an interesting position where I've migrated from content management into marketing, digital management. And I'd like to stay kind of there, but I, I like to do a lot of different things, which means that I 
don't mind. As long as I'm learning, I find that I really enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, and it sounds like working at a small to medium-sized company is also perfect for you because that way you're not pigeonholed into one specific task. That's correct. So one of the things I realized with the large company was I worked for a large company, and then when I was laid off, I ended up doing some consulting work with a very large company, which was like twice the size. And the, the challenge is, is even when you make good recommendations at these large to very large companies, it takes a lot of effort to get even the smallest task changed when it's going to impact a lot of people and save a lot of time. Yeah. Welcome to bureaucracy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, mention, let's talk about that for a moment there, because you were an independent contractor for quite a few years. So are you at a place where you still want to work for a company full time or, or is the idea of being an independent contractor attractive to you? I don't mind doing either or. I, I've done both. Typically, what I end up doing is I become a full time salaried employee. And then if the freelance and contracting comes along that I can do outside of work, I will do that. And, and you know, if, if the jobs came along, if I had 10 freelance jobs that came and I got them and I could have the time to do them all, then I would do them as well. I don't mind doing it either way, actually. So you're really open then. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what we might see a lot of in the coming year is a lot of contract work, a lot of temporary, maybe some less than full-time, less than part-time gigs that might eventually open up to something next year. But if you're open to that type of portfolio career where you have two, maybe three different part-time gigs or freelance gigs, then that, that could work for you, it sounds like. Yes, it could. Let's talk about what's working for you to get hired, to get interviewed, to get some phone screens? What, what is working? What I've been trying to do is to do some of the networking a little differently. So what I end up doing is I have a huge following on LinkedIn because I had grown it exponentially back five years ago when I originally lost the job. Mm. And so I have 15,000 followers on LinkedIn. Good Lord. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I, I, Is that more than Bill Gates? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. But, but what I found was, was the, the reason I did that, and I'm an open networker on LinkedIn, the reason I had done that was that if you have more links and more followers, you can connect more to some of those people who are important to get you either to the higher-ups or directly in with the higher-ups. Yeah. And I found that that's true. I've just had a couple of roles where I directly pitched, I don't know if this is this, I'll ask you advice on this, where I directly pitched their small, small companies, but I pitched the CEOs about the job. Now, I don't know if that was the right move or the wrong move, because I haven't gotten a lot of movement on those jobs. I'm not sure if I should have gone directly to them or if I should have gone somewhere else. I, I looked for HR people, but again, they're small companies. With small companies, a lot of times they don't have an HR specific person. I think it, it it all depends, you know, and you're right. A small company, if it's a startup, less than 50, they necessarily don't have an HR person. So, you know, it depends on the CEO. The right CEO will say, this guy's got chutzpah. I want to talk to him. I like his assertiveness. Um, and another person might not want to be bothered. So it just really depends on who it lands with. But it sounds like you're trying different things. And I love the fact that you are really 
using your network and you're trying to be really creative about it because we talk a lot about networking. And I think people forget that the majority of jobs are found through contacts. I mean, if you think of your own experience, the only I've only got one job that I found through an actual ad. So so keep using that network. And then how do you keep using LinkedIn? Tell us about that. If you've got more than 15,000 people on LinkedIn, how do you use it effectively? So, so one of the things I do is I keep my LinkedIn profile pretty active. I try to post new things. I try to like people's stories. I try to make comments because I know that's important. And then you get a lot of people seeing your comments and then they'll link to you, which is good too. And then you get more links. And another thing I do is uh, there's a couple of different networking groups and a few of them actually have groups where you actually can, you actually reach out. Some do, some don't, but some groups you can actually reach out and network with people on LinkedIn, and then you can have conversations with them. So I'm doing that as well. And what I'm doing, which I think is, again, I'm trying to be a little more creative, is I'm asking them to tell me more about their career to explain to me, especially if they're in a marketing role, what they do and how they do it and how they ended up there. That is terrific. That is a great way to use your network because it's not always about what's in front of you right now. So yes, you're trying to find a job right now and maybe this person ends up having an interesting conversation with you and it doesn't lead to anything, but maybe five years down the road it does. So building your network, it's a process. I mean, it's just a way of managing your career day to day, whether you're looking for a job or not. Right. And what I found is, is that even so in the past, I would, you know, make the links, but I didn't really make the connections. Mm. And I'm finding that I talk to people and they get to know me a little better and I get to know, maybe they'll remember me a little better in five years. Oh, yeah. And then try and connect on something personal. You know, are they a Cubs fan or a White Sox fan? This is very important to distinguish in your your part of town, right? You know, um, stay in touch with people around something fun, something clever. Maybe you went to the same university. Um, Whatever it is that you can find a little bit of a common ground, use that. That way it's not always about, hey, who do you know or who's hiring? Right, right. And that's what I'm finding is is the the more personal the connection in some ways, the better the networking contact, because again, like you said, then they remember you. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything that's not working for you or is there a question where we can really help? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out to these people, but I'm not getting as many hits as I would like. And I'm just wondering if there's different strategies I might use or something you know of that works more times than not. Maybe you have more insight. Yeah, doing this day to day. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of recruiting and it was one of my first jobs out of college and I did nothing but look at resumes all day long. So I think using your network is something that I I can't emphasize enough. And I think you want to target it. I mean, you might already be doing that, but let's talk about targeting because let's say you have four different people that you want to reach out to next week. One, you might want to talk a little bit about your digital marketing skills. But for the second, you want to talk about your operational skills. And maybe for the third, you want to talk about your management skills. Make sure that when you're reaching out to someone, you know what their skill set is, you know where, where their space is, and you can speak common language. So it's okay to sort of wear different hats when you're networking with different people. Yeah, that sounds like a great point. 
Well, and because I have seen your resume and you do have a lot of great experience and it is varied. So I think for you, what you've got to do is make sure that you are targeting yourself when you're in front of people. So that means having maybe two different versions of your resume, maybe tweaking it every once in a while when you're applying for a new job or asking people for their input on your resume. You know, one tip that we have is to go back to your last employer and make sure that they know that, yeah, you know, some something changed. This company had some layoffs, and so I'm back out on the workforce. Could you give me some input on my resume? You're not asking for a job. You're just asking for their advice, and they'll help you because they remember you, and, of course, you were good colleagues. And so there are different ways to get on people's radar and to ask for their advice that isn't always about, hey, can you help me find a job? So having them provide input on your resume, that might be one start. So ask, you're suggesting I ask the company previous to this last one? Yeah, or any co-workers or any people that you're networking with. You know, get their input on your resume, which is a way of getting yourself back in front of them. And they'll be like, oh, I forgot that he managed the social media campaign for that company. You know, it's a way to just get your skills out, out in front of those people who sometimes don't always remember all of the experience that you've got. Right. You make a good point. I was talking to a colleague the other night and he was saying, remind me what you do. And but it was just interesting that you're right. You have to remind people. So putting a resume in front of them could be perfect. Oh, and don't forget, I mean, people who love you and who've known you for years, they don't always know what you do. You know, I think of like my mom. Could my mom really describe what I do? I mean, there's a lot of people who they just know, oh, he's a marketing manager, but they don't know the depth. They don't know the certain expertise that you have. And it's okay. It's because you talk to your friends about a variety of things all the time. So just make sure that you're putting yourself out there with that intention of making a connection around a particular skill set. And you can weave in and out with different people that you talk to. That's a great suggestion. And what about your writing? Because I saw that front and center on your resume, too. Tell us about your writing. I am what I like to consider a writing generalist. The reason I say that is because I can write a whole bunch of different styles and formats. I'm, uh, I've written in blogs. I've had two of my own blogs. I worked for a corporate blog. I've done a lot of blogs. I've also done email campaigns for the last company I was at. And I do social media posts. And I have, as you're aware, 15,000 followers on LinkedIn, but I have almost 30,000 on Twitter. Good heavens. (laughs) I I like to keep a lot of balls in the air. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're very passionate about your writing. So is that something that you can pursue a little bit more in this time? And, And I've started doing some of that. I've been recently got reconnected to Upwork. So that because they have a lot of writing roles on there. Yeah. And I've been looking at some other um, options for writing to see if there's because I know there's some other uh, sites where you can actually bid on writing jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like, again, going back to that idea of a portfolio or two or three different freelance gigs, it just sounds like writing is something that you're personally very passionate about. So that would be really rewarding if some of the work you do in the coming months is writing. And that was one of the reasons I had restarted at like five years ago when I lost the job. I started a blog that was called the Good Job Hunting Blog. Mm. It was all these tips on what I was learning as because when you're out of I had worked for the company I was at for 12 years. I hadn't looked for a job 
physically. You know, I hadn't really searched for a job like because I hadn't had to. So I didn't realize all the steps that had changed. So I basically had had to learn a whole new set of rules. Yeah. And what was I thought if I'm out there learning a whole new set of rules, why don't I teach everybody else these set of rules, or at least some people will read my blog. And that's what I did. So I started that up again. I haven't been as focused on that as I could be. And I might move back to it because I think it's it's viable. Yeah. And you know, the writers I know can't help but write. So that's something that you should just keep embracing and keep doing it because it's fulfilling. And who knows, maybe it'll lead to something that is a little higher up on your next job. Right, right. And, and I'm, I want to make sure that it's a part of the next job just because it is so important to me. Well, good. Then definitely put that front and center. And what about different groups? I know it's hard for us to gather in person, but you obviously have a lot of connections online. Are there different groups where you're active, whether it's marketing or writing, where you can connect with new people and eventually lead to a conversation about openings? I'm connected to a Toastmasters club. Mm-hmm. And and, and it's actually called Career Communicators because at one point it was a job search Toastmasters club. And so I'm connected to them and they're aware that I'm looking and that helps because then they will keep their eyes out for jobs and any jobs that the companies they're at, I can reach out to them about. And I've done that in the past. And what about associations? I know out here in Los Angeles, there's a lot of associations for people who are professionals in communications. Do you, what, what type of associations can you be a part of? I haven't joined any, but I know there's a couple of public relations and communication ones and advertising. Yeah, and they want to still get together because these are associations and conferences that usually make money off of the fees when people come to a conference. And right now we're not going to a lot of conferences, but you can still sign up for virtual seminars, virtual webinars. You can meet people that way. So that might be something for you to explore. Yeah, and that's a great idea as well. Somebody else had suggested that and I had just hadn't gotten around to it because, again, it's one of those things where you're like, you have to weigh the the cost benefits. Well, that's true. That's true. But explore a few different ones because sometimes they'll have free seminars or maybe they'll have, you know, an introductory level, like there's different levels to join these organizations, but you could still join maybe one webinar or maybe one online experience that doesn't cost as much before you jump in to join the whole association. I know a friend of mine was in the marketing one, so I'll I'll check with her and get the name of it and then maybe join that one or at least check it out. Well, and talk to her. What associations has she found that are valuable? I remember early on in my career, there were certain associations that were helpful, and then I outgrew them. But at the time, it was really helpful. So think about where you are in your career and which particular associations could could help you meet new people and and move your conversation forward. Are there other questions, other ideas that you want to toss around? No, I think think I'm Good. I mean, you've given me a bunch of suggestions and some ideas that I will pursue. And, you know, I'm always open to new and creative ideas. And I'm certainly going to try some of these. Well, I think that is so important right now, Bill, having a really open mind, being open to the new opportunities, different people, doing things a little differently. I think that's what's going to help get people through the next phase of the job search today. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful for your, uh, your ad that I was able to find and 
and to reach out to you because I this is great. I, it's something I've, like I said, I did the good job hunting blog. At one point, I reached out to people and asked them about their jobs because I thought it was such a good idea. And I like this this podcast idea even better. Well, Bill, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I have great faith that you're going to find something that's a really good fit. Thanks for talking with us today. Thank you, Diana. Take care. You too. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Job Talk Weekly. Get your questions answered by visiting our website. That's jobtalkweekly.com. And we'd love it if you would please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can find Job Talk Weekly on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diana Brunello-Leary. See you next time.